Welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. I'm frequently asked for recommendations and one of the most requested is for language schools. So before I introduce today's guest, I'm delighted to tell you that this episode is supported by the language school Melting Pot Luca. Luca is the ideal place to either start learning Italian or developing and perfecting your Italian language skills. Wouldn't it be wonderful to speak a little Italian when walking on the walls, starting your day with a cappuccino, crossing the city on your bike, or ordering delicious food and good wine. As is often said, the Lucchese experience is not complete until you are chatting Italian with the locals. If you live in Lucca, are staying for an extended period, or if you're just planning your holiday, why don't you combine all this with an Italian language course at Melting Pot Lucca? And exclusively for listeners of Life in Luca with Andrea, if you book a course of lessons with Melting Pot Luca, you will receive a 10% discount. Just quote the code LIFE10 when booking. Don't wait too long though, as this code expires on the 31st of July 2023. You may be interested to know that Melting Pot Luca is located in the popular and lively Borgo Giannotti area, just on the other side of Porta Santa Maria. You'll start with a one-to-one placement test to ascertain your starting level and then choose from the many options. For example, one-to-one or group classes, gentle or intensive classes. It's even possible to continue your learning online because at Melting Pot Luca, Julia and Sarah are passionate about tailoring the learning plan to meet your individual needs. If you live in Luca, the optimal solution would be a lesson twice a week. To keep your Italian skills in shape, you'll practice conversation in an easy and fun way. If you're in Luca for a holiday, or if you just want to give a strong push to your Italian to learn as much as possible in the fastest way, you may want to try Melting Pot Luca's intensive morning classes. You could even enrol on Melting Pot Luca's extracurricular activities, for example, guided tours across the city, cooking classes and aperitivi. The ideal way to practice your newfound language skills. Melting Pot Luca can also help you find accommodation for your stay in Luca, as well as make recommendations about what's going on in Luca during your stay. So, what are you waiting for? Drop Julia and Sarah at Melting Pot Luca an email at info at meltingpotluca.it. They are waiting to hear from you and will be really happy to help you make your stay in Luca one of the best experiences of your life. You can find further information on the Melting Pot Luca website at www.meltingpotluca.it and you can follow Melting Pot Luca on Instagram and Facebook. You can find all the contact details for Melting Pot Luca in the episode notes. My guest today is Soraya Botley. Soraya spent her early years in Rome before returning to the States to complete her higher education. Now an independent luxury travel agent, she works remotely from the commune of Capanari in the hills of Lucca, which she has made her permanent home. I was struck how passionate Soraya is to ensure that her clients have the ultimate travel experience, so she is the ideal person to make recommendations for you to experience in and around Lucca. Enjoy the show. Soraya, ciao and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. 
Um, so um, we met socially through a friend of a friend. We did. Uh, yeah, and um, I was uh, there's quite a few things I'd like to, to talk to you about, but I'd just like to know, how did you discover Luca? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so in 2018... Uh, I was planning a family vacation for uh, extended family too. It was my sister and her kids and um, my husband and I and our kids. And we had spent the previous year just outside of Florence and really enjoyed coming to the beach. And so we knew we wanted to be somewhere between Florence and the beach. And so we looked and we found on a little, you know, little city of Lucca. And I thought, oh, how cute. And I did a little research. And I loved it. It had, you know, I figured it had everything that we needed. We tend to stay just outside of the city walls, but we want access mm. to like services and amenities and restaurants and like some historic, you know, like a historic vibe, but also very close to the water. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. So that's how you stumbled across that's Luca. That's how we stumbled across Luca. A little research on what cities were between Florence <laughs> and Fort de Marmi. So, yeah. And there are quite yeah. a few, aren't there? So was it, it wasn't just yourself, it was your family that you, you came over. Yes, we were planning a month uh, to stay in Tuscany and looking for a villa. And we wanted to find something that had everything that we would want to do, but was also easily accessible to places like Siena or mm. Pienza or Montalcino, you know, mm. so that we, we could, you know, be at the beach, but also see some of the classic parts of Tuscany as mm. well. And it's, it's easily accessible and close to the center, but further out, I mean, I think you're in Capanari now, well, aren't right you? now I'm in Capanari. When I first came here in 2018, we stayed about five kilometers straight up in Luca, like just up Pieve San Stefano. And it was beautiful there. Yes, yeah. Um, and so then when we were choosing Luca, when we decided to move here, um, part of it was, uh, so we, we were very happy with the province of Luca. We were also looking closer to the beach in an area called Camayore, um, like in the hills. So that brings up the, the, the issue of uh, transport. So if you're not if you're in the yes. centre, you've got easy access. You've got your cycles and you've yes. got your, your transport links to train and bus. But if yes. you're that little bit further, five kilometres or in Capanari, right? So how how do you get about? That is a great question. And <laughs> what's interesting is my sister had a taste of both. So she, while we were gone over the summer, she rented a place in the city centre, and for her that was like ideal because she's much more of a city person. So mm -hmm. she had a great spot similar to where you are, close <laughs> to the walls, uh, where she could go walking, but could walk to school. She could bike. She could do everything within the city walls. Easy train transport to mm. hop on a train for us we chose um, to live in the country because for my husband it was really important for him to walk outside the door mm. and be able to go hiking or mountain biking and there's a million trails up and right right outside of our door mm. which is great but what that means is we're about 17 minutes drive to, mm. to Luca and while there is one bus well there's multiple buses but to catch mm. one that's direct would be once in the morning and once coming back later in the afternoon so public transportation is mm. not great for that area you really do need a car mm. yeah. yeah so that's another big question of when, when you're relocating isn't it so and also yes. a different country because you know you're, you're from the USA yes. so to try to try and sort of navigate yeah. um, learning to drive and um, get buying a car 
getting registered, licenses, all that yeah. sort of thing. I mean, I know this morning yeah. you've actually been having Italian driving lessons, haven't yes. you? Yes. So do you want right to before I came here. <laughs> and you're so calm. I can't believe how calm you are. Uh, well, you know, I mean, we're combining it with private Italian driving lessons, not just being in the car, but we're meeting with somebody who is also English speaking who can help with the translation, but we're taking a class. Uh, so when you come here from the U.S., you have a full year in which you can drive on an international ah, driver's license. Right. Um, but after the year, you're expected to have a Italian, like convert that to an Italian driver's license. You actually have to go through the entire thing, the entire process of studying theory and, oh. and actually doing driving lessons, even though you've been driving here already for <laughs> yeah. a year. Um, and I've been driving for 40 years or almost, no, not, not quite that long, 30 some odd years. Um, and so uh, I know how to drive here. When I got here at first, it was learning the signs and the signals and the customs and mm. stuff like that. Uh, but now I feel 100% confident in my driving, but I do need to go through this process. Yeah. And so uh, I think it was last week we had our first Skype lesson, uh, my husband and I, and immediately we just started laughing. Uh, I mean, they couldn't see us and they couldn't hear us because we were muted, but it was hysterical because he couldn't understand a lick of it because he's a beginner in Italian. He'd be like, oh, I caught the word quando, <laughs> which means when, but like the important stuff. So we have a book that we're kind of like, when we understand what it is that they're trying to teach, we can study in the book as well. For us, I think it's also important to just hear it in Italian, even if we're not understanding it. And then we're combining that with private lessons where we can ask for, wow. for um, and it's not that expensive. The private lessons, I think, are 20 an hour. Oh. And um, and then the driving school, I want to say, was like 250 or something like that. It yeah. wasn't too bad. No. So what I, I hadn't realised this because what 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 um, I have spoken to people who are sort of uh, it, it's more um, because I'm from uh, the UK. Yes. UK was in Europe, yeah. and so it not it, it's new now. We're out with Brexit. Now we're out of the EU. Yeah. That we have to go through the same thing that mm -hmm. you're going through. So it's something brand new. So there's lots of people talking about it and not knowing about it. Um, and I was under the impression that because there was so many people that were English speaking from various countries that they would actually do it in um, sort of give the instruction in English but encourage you to learn the signs in the Italian language but what you're saying is that's not the case the instruction is actually in the Italian language over Skype it is absolutely in the Italian <laughs> language over Skype but uh, they do have a lovely staff who do their best to try uh, to accommodate. And so one of the staff members does speak English. Uh, so that's who we're going to do our private lessons with so mm -hmm. that she can probably speak in Italian. And then when we don't understand something, my husband will be able to ask if he's understanding it by clarifying it in uh, English. And so she'll work with us individually that way. Uh, so they're working with you. That's great. They are. And the other nice thing is that uh, like so for me I'm very auditory so I understand when people are speaking maybe 80% of the language the mm. driving is a little different because mm. there's a lot of technical things like about um, you know the what kind of lights you have to have on and at what time of day or mm. like there's some technical language that I just haven't learned in my Italian mm. but I'm auditory learner mm. so I might read it and not understand it but 
they also will allow you during the test to wear a headset and they will repeat what what's in writing you can listen to it auditorily so that's so controlled that by you for me. That, that, I, yes i haven't done it yet but yeah. that's my understanding ah that's yeah. helpful so they are doing everything they can to try they, and help help you they are yeah. and right now it's the late i think it's offered in french german and italian but not in english unfortunately oh wow so, yeah wow so you just said that um, you you know you're speaking some Italian. Did you did you learn did you know some Italian before you came a year ago, or or is it what you've learned since you've been here? I'd love to say I just whipped it up in a year, but that's not <laughs> the case. <laughs> I actually grew up in Rome, so I feel oh. so. I grew up in Rome the first twelve years of my life. Uh, we lived in Rome. We went back and forth between New York and Rome, but had an apartment mm. and were there at least six months out of the year. I went to an Italian. Uh, Catholic school at the top of the Piazza di Spagna, so every day walking up the steps. Oh. And so I learned in school the language. Mm. I learned it auditory. I didn't like have lessons, mm. but I was a young girl at mm. the time and I spoke it fluently. And then, uh, you know, my teachers in the US made my parents make a choice between mm. Italy and the US for my education. Mm. And so at that point, at 12, when I was 12, we mm. returned to the U.S. full-time to mm. continue my education, and then I stopped speaking the language, mm. unfortunately. But I returned in my 20s and picked it up pretty good. Going out on a date was a little challenging because <laughs> I didn't know how to talk politics as a 12-year-old. <laughs> and now, I, as an adult, I'm having mm. trouble with like technicalities, yeah. like the driving school and stuff mm. like that. But I'm confident that you know I'm going to get through it I'll figure it out. Oh, so, you're yeah. a very determined person. Yeah, I very. Think, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I, I think I think I'm sure you will. But yeah. I, th I think it's um, interesting what you said because um, I, I think when you're young, you pick things up so quickly. Yeah. You don't you, you don't think about it, do you? Yeah. It just becomes automatic. And it's really interesting that you said that when you returned as a you know mature person, you know, a young a young lady. Yeah. You, it was a different language that you needed, and then now it's another different. Yes. So it is. That's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> so for people that are listening and have a family or are at different stages in the life, yeah. that'll be really interesting to yeah. them. But it's good that you've got the basics. Yes. Um, well, you had more than the basics. You were fluent, weren't you? But they say it's like um, riding a bike. Once you've learned, you don't have to go on it for years, but you get back on and you're a bit rusty, but then you take off, and that sounds yes. as exactly what's happened to you. Yes. Yeah. What about your husband? Did he have any prior? He did not. I mean, we started coming to Italy in 2012. Yeah. I That was the first time I planned a big vacation for my family to kind of introduce them to kind of the lifestyle that I... Uh, was raised where you know where I went to school, where my oh. home was, the kinds of things that we did as kids, um, and uh, I, I that was really I think mind altering for my kids. I had some of my best mommy moments during mm -hmm. that vacation that I planned, and then every year after that we returned um, to Italy, and sometimes we would go to Puglia or Sardinia or Tuscany. Usually it always involved Tuscany because that wound up being my favorite destination mm -hmm. just in terms of having so much to offer um, and easy accessibility, and I felt comfortable driving on the streets yeah. in Tuscany <laughs> rather than the Amalfi, which is beautiful, oh, but I did not want crazy. to drive there. <laughs> crazy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. So it, that must have been a real, like you say, you had your best mummy moments. It must yeah. have been 
goosebumpy to yeah. be remembering your childhood memories, but then sharing them with your own children. Yeah. That must, I'm feeling goosebumpy thinking yeah. about it. It must have been absolutely. It was amazing. Yeah. The kids were so interested in learning about my history, understanding where I got my little pizza Bianca and how, and how I walked up the steps to the school every day and you know, all the little places I told them about where to get Tartufo and Piazza Navona. Mm. They wanted to try all of these things yeah. that were memories for me. And that was specifically in Rome, but also when we were in the Amalfi, mm. um, you know, going to Capri and mm. uh, we spent a lot of time there. So, mm. you know, I, the kids had a chance to see that as well. Um, yeah. And then after that, it was just an adventure trying to, I always felt like after I did that trip, in the back of my mind, I think I was always thinking, okay, let's plan these family vacations mm-hmm. so that I can figure out where do I want to land yes. when my kids leave yes. the house. Because they're so, grown now, yes. aren't they? Yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it was that sort of empty nest that I could see in the near future that caused me to plan and yeah. decide I really wanted to come back mm. home, in quotation marks, to Italy. Yes. Yeah. So have you moved lock, stock, and barrel? Or have you kept a place in the in the uh, states? Yes, my heart has moved lock, stock, and barrel. I would <laughs> sell my house in um, the U.S. in a heartbeat, but my husband's not ready to get rid yeah. of that. Mm. And uh, right now, the way we have it set up is we're living here uh, year round, and then we go back during the summer so that my son, who's still in college, yeah. has a place to come home to where he can be with his friends and mm-hmm. just have some sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. So we're renting it out. Um, we actually are using Airbnb mm-hmm. and renting it mm-hmm. out, but we're renting it. It's full, fully booked all the way until mid-June. Wow. Yeah, we did two-month minimums and then wound up getting two tenants, and one took two months wanted longer the other one took the rest of the time yeah in the home so it was very easy for us to rent out our house at a mm. great price so we're covering all of our mortgage costs mm. and at all of our costs and so the cost of living here has wound up being almost half That's fabulous. of what we were spending living in the bay area in california so it's yeah. not it's not also it's not only beautiful it's absolutely cheaper as well oh my god i know <laughs> yeah it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It, it? Is. it really is. <laughs> yeah. And how does yeah. the weather compare? And that's the part oh. my husband loves. Oh, right. Okay. My husband <laughs> likes to see the dollars and cents. And so <laughs> as the bank account grows because we continue to work and we're spending less, yeah. he's super happy with super those happy results. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if the husband's yeah. happy, that makes a good yeah. life, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. And whereas me, I'm so emotional about being here that yeah. like... It's almost every day that I, I've just never experienced the level of gratitude mm. that I'm having right I can now. See, it's yeah. obvious. It's yeah. obvious in your demeanor yeah. and your face Aww. and the way you talk. Yeah. It, 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 it's um, although you do have your family in the USA. I can. It, this is your place, isn't yes. it? Yes. It, it, it's obvious. It shines yes. out of you. Yes. Yeah. It's your place. Yeah. Yeah. And this will be the first time that we're going to be celebrating the holidays in our new home oh. <laughs> here in Kapanar. So, so, so what's yeah. that going to look like? So my brother and his kids are flying out, um, and my kids are meeting them, and uh, they're connecting with them in Munich, and then they all land. So, And then my sister's kids will be coming shortly thereafter. So there's going to be 14 of us. Uh, we have a lovely three-bedroom, three-bath home in the hills here, but it's not enough to, to you know, hold 14. So we're going to be renting a secondary house for the week of yes. um, 
Christmas, but that's what we we usually back in the states we dogpile in each other's homes for a week and just uh, have a blast. Together. That's part of the fun, so, isn't it? Yes, yes. yes. And and if there's any young younger younger children yeah. there, they they love having say sleep sleeping bags on the floor. Totally, they, yeah. It's part of the fun, yeah. isn't it, for yeah. them? Yeah, and it makes it really happy and enjoyable, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Oh, that's wonderful. So, because you're living here now, that means that you're actually remote working. And that was one of the other things I wanted to talk about, because that's very topical now. Because we've had COVID and people are working from home, it means that they don't necessarily have to live near to their place of work. So, you're sort of one of the pioneers that's doing this. So, can you tell me about that? Yes. So, I think that that's one of the gifts that COVID gave us was mm. um, that we did become fully operationalized to uh, put ourselves in a position mm. to work remotely because we were forced to do that during COVID. And many of our clients got used to that. And as COVID still exists, even when I'm back in the States, I have clients who would rather meet virtually than to have a meeting face to face. And part of that has grown out of convenience. Part of it is still out of caution for Mm. COVID and the Mm. United States Mm. is not doing as well as we are here in Mm. Italy. Um, And so I realized that if I had a, um, if I had a, so there's two parts of my business. I have my travel business, but I also am a managing partner in our real estate practice, which we've had for um, Mm. 20 plus years. So one would think, how do you do how do you sell real estate from Italy? Well, we have an amazing team on the ground and I have agents that I share all of, we share Mm -hmm. all of our clients with. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, uh, they do all the boots on the ground work and we're Mm -hmm. still involved in the overall, like, uh, uh, consulting on, uh, disclosures, offer Mm -hmm. writing, Mm -hmm. um, uh, negotiating sales prices mm. and mm. things like that. Mm. So that's how we have mm. been able to do it, which has been amazing. And mm. uh, some of our clients know that we're here and some of them don't know, but it really hasn't impacted or affected our ability to do our job in any way, shape or form. And in fact, we've been busier. This has probably been our best year in real estate ever in the last 20 some odd years. Wow. So. It's not just in America either. I mean, in the UK, it's the same there. Yeah. And I think it must be because of this remote working. Yeah. People are wanting um, a better work-life balance. Yes. Or um, some want sort of... Um, some don't want to stay in the city and have the hectic. Right. They want to be out in the... Like you are in Capanari, you yeah. know, so they can mix the, um, the work, but then they can just go for a walk. Yeah. They can, you know... Not everybody has to be at a desk nine till five. Right. They can right. start early, then have a, take some time out, and it's and then go back again, and then perhaps work in the evening. It's yes. it, it, and Italy is a really good country with the weather cli- and yes. the climate to be able to do this, isn't yes. it? It is. And then I've also formed partnerships with a couple of um, real estate agents here. So, oh. uh, um, so I'm looking at uh, co-marketing with mm. them some of their properties here that might appeal to the American population. Excellent. So I'm doing a little bit of that creative, but mm. you know, creatively as well. And then I'm also um, my commercialista, which is like an accountant, an amazing <laughs> person. He's mm. very involved with like the one euro houses and doing auction properties and the super bonuses. And um, so he's asked me to par- also um, 
collaborate with him uh, mm -hmm. and do some of the marketing and help mm -hmm. him with exposure to the U.S. And so we need, we have yet to schedule a meeting, but that's something that will probably be happening sometime in the next month. So I'm also kind of bringing my work here um, to, to Italy <laughs> mm -hmm. as well in whatever capacity I can. But the real passion that I do, as I told you, was in travel. And so that I can do from anywhere in the of world. Of course you can. And that's been beautiful because no matter where I am, and especially when I'm here, I have much better connections because most of what I was selling was Italy mm. uh, and Central Europe. So mm. I'm on the t same time zone with them. And I've been working California hours for the most part. Too. That's what I wanted to ask you yeah. because um, I, I know some other people that are from Canada and they, they, they might start work, it might be five o'clock-ish, four or five o'clock right. in the afternoon and work through till about two in the morning. Yes. And that's how they work it. But they like that because then they do have a sleep, get up later, but then they've got the rest of the afternoon oh, to God. enjoy. So is that the same for it's you? Absolutely. I mean, it's beautiful. Like that's... Okay, so when I was working in the U.S., I was like, get up at like 7, have my coffee, but it was a work meeting with my husband, and then quickly eat breakfast, and then boom, right to work. Mm. And then I'd be working all day until it was time to make dinner, make dinner, and then I was working into the late evening mm. before I got into bed. And mm. that's part of the thing that was crazy for me, is mm. like the day into night into day that just mm. blurred and never having, never feeling like I had the time for me. Mm. Well, the world is sleeping, or the at least... California is sleeping <laughs> and so I've been able to do and experience so many things that I just never had the me time for yeah. because I was constantly you know having people call me uh, mm. need something from mm. me and I just never felt like I could just step away mm. uh, let alone so it's beautiful now we wake up we have our coffee I might respond to a couple of things that had come in the night before uh, but within an hour I'm at the door I'm hiking I'm mm. you know meeting with friends for lunch mm. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff worry-free mm. that my phone's not going to ring you know I'm not missing something that can be taken care of because a lot of this because they're sleeping and you're exactly yeah so what sort of hours do you keep them for work-wise do you have a do, do you sort of restrict them to a set time mm. or do you sort of like you say you um when you wake up you just check your mails and then you go off and you know enjoy your day do you right. sort of, what sort of time do you start I work? Think sometimes it depends on if it's a rainy day. So like yeah. if it's a rainy day, mm. I try to um, front load stuff so that I don't need to do it later mm. in the day. In a normal day, I might start around uh, 4 or 5 in the afternoon and then in a perfect world, I'm done by 10 and then mm. I might do a little catch up in the morning. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm up at least until midnight mm. and... It's not uncommon for it to be two, three, four mm. in the morning mm. on occasion if there's something that I'm really working on. Um, but I forgot what your question was. It's all right. No, I was, I was just trying to um, ask you about the uh, regular hours. Regular hours, you know, sort of. It's just a typical day. Yes. I mean, like you say, it's so something a, a typical day. Yeah. So if it's raining, I might front load things. But I usually have about an hour in the morning where I'm just kind of catching up and setting my schedule for the day. Then I go out and I have basically from, let's say, 10 a.m. until, uh, you know, 3, where I'm totally free to go do whatever it is that I want to do, and then I kind of make my way home and uh, settle in and start to think about, uh, start to get things ready mm -hmm. for starting at, like, I'd say 5 o'clock here mm -hmm. is when my appointments start. So mm -hmm. I like to be back at least an hour before Good that thought. so that I can mm -hmm. um, prepare and, mm -hmm. and be ready. Yeah. So. And then sort of, sort and, then, and then I would say from like four or five until, uh, 
I would, I would probably say till midnight is more common mm. than not for mm. me. And then there are the times when mm. I'm up until three. Well, that's only time. like if you're working on a project in, you know, yes. sort of in the USA and you started, say, started at eight or nine in the morning yes. and it was, you'd normally finish maybe at five or six. But if yeah. you had a special project, you could work till eight, nine, ten just to share. Sure. So Absolutely. it's the same sort of thing, isn't yes. it? Yes. yes, exactly. But just different hours. So sort yes. of uh, four or five while midnight. It's, that's that's yeah. wonderful. Yes. Yeah. So I'm definitely working less mm. here and probably because uh, I'm taking that time during the day and then I'm feeling more rejuvenated yeah. and I'm more productive and just my life, my whole work-life balance is a million times better yeah. here than it was. And it is, like you say, it will be more productive because yeah. you're, you're happier in yourself, yeah. you're more settled in yourself, you're not as stressed. So yeah. it's, it's a win-win situation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So tell me more about your luxury travel business because I know this weekend yeah. you've had a weekend researching. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the perks of the business is I do do a lot of research. So I was just up in the Dolomites. I was invited by an amazing hotelier up there that has a small luxury um, uh, boutique chalet, uh, 18 rooms, uh, mm. five star, mm. and right at the base of a ski lift. So mm. it's ski in, ski out, um, beautiful. But we were there during the you know warmer time, so it's fall. And uh, uh, so we were mountain biking, we were hiking, we did a picnic up on a mountaintop. We, you know, went all the way to the top of another peak and ate at a beautiful outdoor restaurant and just took in the sun, just like as if we were doing the after ski, oh. you know, sun on the face. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, the food is so different up there. So it was really oh. unique to like, they're big on venison. I've never had venison before. Mm. So I had some of that, but the food was delicious up there. Different cheese products. Like yeah. we have a lot of pecorino here. Yeah. They do a lot of cow milk and oh. um, cow cheeses up mm. there. Um, but everything was just, it, it was an amazing time. So it was three days up in the Dolomites, really learning about everything that this particular village had to offer and the hotel had to offer. And then I'm back and I'm here for a couple of, uh, for like a week and a half. And then I'm off to Sardinia for a week and then come back for a day or two. And then I'm off to Sicily, which will be my second trip to Sicily. But there were, there was so much to see my first time. I didn't get to see it all. So I'm going back to do a little more research and eat some granita. Oh. For breakfast with a brioche, because that's the typical thing that you'd eat for breakfast in Sicily. I loved that. But, but don't you think it's amazing, though, what, what, what you, you, you've just mentioned about the food? That's just how Italy is. Yes. Each region in Italy yes. has something that's typical to that region. Yes. And I'm not saying you wouldn't find it in other regions, but um, I mean, it's only I, I went to Genoa a, a couple of weeks ago, yes. and focaccia is really big in, in yes. Genoa. So well, you can get focaccia. And pesto. Yes, and pesto. <laughs> but you can, get, you can get it anywhere. Yes. But it, it's that bit more yes. tasteful and special, yes. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And every region has that, which is great because I have clients who are very um, into culinary experiences. And so to be able to experience that firsthand and be able to describe that when yeah. I'm helping to plan their travels is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what I will do is in the episode notes I will put in um, some contacts for your um, travel business because oh, then thank you. people want to contact you. 
um, they can because I mean it's obvious how much you love it and yes. how much research you yeah. do. So yeah. you, <laughs> you're not just selling something; you actually have experience. Yeah. So that I be... sell what I know. So yes. you know, and then getting to know the client is just really important mm. to me. Knowing what kinds of experiences they want to have, um, so that I can help guide them to the right locations mm. and plan the right things for them. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So if somebody else, you know, if somebody said to you, Can, give me some advice, I'm thinking of setting, setting up home mm. here in Luca or the province of Luca, yeah. would, you, would, would you have some sort of basic advice that you would... I mean, I think similar to the planning of, of travel experiences, yeah. the planning and, and also from my real estate background, planning what, mm. what kind of an experience the client w- wants to have. So and just in talking to anybody who is thinking about moving to a location like how do they want to spend their days? Like for my mm. husband, it was really important for him to be able to walk out the door and be able mm. to mountain bike and, um, you know, and hike. And mm. so we found a location that was perfect for that. But for me, uh, it was really important. I really wanted a pool and I wanted a rustico. So we had to find a location that was going to accommodate my husband's needs and my needs, mm. which is what we found there. My sister, on the other hand, was the happiest when she was in town because yeah. she doesn't want to have a car. Mm. She wanted to be able to, you know, bicycle ride to anywhere exactly, yeah. um, or be able to mm. uh, walk anywhere. And that was very, it was very, very convenient. Plus, mm. the conviviality in the center of town is incredible, mm. right? And so she's a single woman, and so she met a lot of people, yeah. and she was out socializing and having dinners mm. with people, and appetitivo is so part of the culture. And when you're living further away, you kind of miss that unless you come into town. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice, yes. actually. Really good advice. How yes. do you want to spend your days? Yes. Yeah, really excellent piece of advice. So, I'm going to go on to the quick fire questions. Yes. Now. So, do you have a favourite Italian word or phrase? Oh. <laughs> non vero l'ora. Mm. Which means, I can't wait. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to experience this. You know, mm. non vero l'ora. Yes, I say it all the time. Yes. <laughs> it's one of mine, actually. Yes. Oh, yeah, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, texting it when somebody, you know, uh, as you know, people, it, very last minute, yeah. very spontaneous. Yeah. When, uh, there's a few of us going to such a place. Would you like to come? And yeah. you say, yes, non vedo l'ora. Yes, yes. It's that yes. sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. It's saying, great, I'm really pleased you've yeah. asked me. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's exactly. a really good one. Yeah. yeah. And do you have a favourite restaurant? These questions are really hard. Yes. Okay, so uh, that would be really hard because Pasqualino's, which is on Via Moro, um, mm. was one of my favorites, and it still is one of my favorites. But the owners of Villa Royale just opened a new restaurant called Suriale. Yes. Oh my God! And that's right near Piazza Amphitheatre. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I would say between those two, but I love. Dacilio. There's so many restaurants in town that I like, and, I, and there are also some out in the country that I really enjoy. But those would be my restaurant, like that I really enjoy in town. Yes, yeah. they're, they're really good, aren't they? Yeah. And and what? Well, actually, tell me tell me about a couple in the in the country because people do yeah. like to go out into yes. the country. You know. So one I discovered when I was here in 2018 was um, Osteria Mipa or De Mipa. I can't remember the town that it's in uh, right off the top of my head, but it's like a house that's run that where the family lives and um, they run a restaurant downstairs and it's beautiful, particularly in the warmer months, to be able to sit outside on the 
um, patio. It's a beautiful countryside uh, restaurant. Um, that's one of my favorites. If you go closer to, um, so let's see, there's that one that I absolutely love in the country. Uh, up near where I live in Valjano, there's one called the Duomo. And that is also like a, there's one menu and that might be like all fish that night or all pork that night, but they can make vegetarian options as well for people who eat vegetarian, but it's always, it's mama cooking in the kitchen and she does an amazing job and it's definitely like planned to be there for a minimum of two hours, probably <laughs> like three because the food just keeps coming and go hungry for sure. <laughs> And then closer to the seaside, I mean, I have, like, restaurants I love right on the beach, but I also have, like, Kandala Waterfalls is a real secret um, for hiking and also to cool off in the summer in the waterfalls there. And there's this little restaurant called, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. I'm going to have to send it to you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but they have like a little riverfront with tiki huts and it's it's always packed. So you have to make a reservation in advance and it's not easy to do that. But that you can go down and have your aperitivo, you know, on the riverbed with sand and tiki huts. And then oh. you can, and then they have like just phenomenal food um, there as well. I'm for. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting that. It's not a problem because I can put it all in the yes. episode notes. So Perfect. really, it's a problem. Okay. You can send me yeah. once you remember. I'll look it up. Okay. You can send them Fabulous. to me. And I can put me. But these are great because. Um, and that's all, a place nobody would know of. No. Yeah. And uh, but they're all different experiences yes. as well. Yeah. And I love the um, the other two you said about how they sort of family run it's their homes and yes. they, you know, and the one set menu that's great because you know what yeah. you're getting. Yeah. And, yeah. That's yeah. wonderful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And they've obviously enjoyed cooking it that evening as well. Absolutely. And Mama comes out and talks to the customers. And her son is one of the waiters. And he's hysterical, like very comedic, <laughs> speaks English and enjoys interacting with customers who are English speaking. But um, yeah, you'll find a lot of Italians there primarily. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. great. And then what about, um, do you have a favorite pasticceria? Hmm. Well, I would say probably one closer to my home, yes. which would be Dolce Dea. Dolce Dea. Okay. Yeah. I think there's one in town that I, I think it's called Bucolat. Uh, I can't remember. It's near in Piazza uh, San Michele. Oh, do you mean to, uh, to, to, to Duce? Might be. The, Might uh, be um, and, and they have the tables right by yes yes yeah to duce yeah to yeah that's yeah. one of mine actually but they, yeah. they, they, they sell the bucciletto yes. they're, they're known for selling the bucciletto yes that's what that's, that's why that's i was why wanting you, to call it that yeah well they have the most amazing um um at home we have um panel chocolat yes. and they're very very nice yeah but when you come here and um, some of the pastries they actually have it, 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 it says it's got chocolate inside, and it's usually like a Nutella, Nutella type of thing. Yeah. But this isn't. Yeah. This is. Um, it, it's got. It, it, it's like a um, a, sem a semicircle shaped pastry, yeah. and it has sort of a line of the fresh chocolate on the top, and then inside it has, and it is proper chocolate that's oh, inside. I so, haven't tried that. There, oh, I'll have to do that. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, I think it is. It's yeah. absolutely lovely. So yeah. it's not like um, uh, like um, one for the tourists, right? It, it's really, really, really beautiful. And Love to it. sit outside when it's not too busy oh, in Piazza yes. San Michele, yes. watching the world go yes. by. Absolutely. And they do make um, a proper hot chocolate as well, yeah. all year round, yes. which you can't get in the summer hot chocolate, yes. but you can here. Yeah. 
I think I smell your drinking hot chocolate. Are you it, drinking it's hot chocolate? it's cacao. Oh, it's cacao. Delicious. Oh, well, you're very welcome to have some. I've, people, I've had some of the cacao. It's um, yeah, it's, it's quite a healthy. Yeah. It's my. It, it's quite a healthy drink, cacao. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's supposed to be really good for you with all the magnesium and everything else that's in it. So yeah. I used to have that with fruit for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. So what about the um, your favourite gelateria? Oh, hands down, <laughs> Cremaria Opera. Right, yes, yeah. Well, they've, hands actually, down. they've actually um, opened a few, haven't they? There aren't, there aren't, there isn't just one. Yeah, they two. opened one in my area just recently, within the last month. Uh, otherwise, I was going up to Santa uh, to Santa near just up, uh, just up the road from here. Mm. And I don't know. I think that they do have one just outside of the walls of Luca. Also, mm. I think uh, over by Piazza Santa Maria, outside the walls, they might have one. And then inside the walls, the Piero, I think it's called, oh. which is. When you hit the end of, not end of Fielungo, but when you hit to where you turn on Via Roma to go into Piazza San Michele, across yeah. from the big bookstore there, there's a little gelateria there. Oh, Piero. yes, I know which yeah. one you mean. And that's delicious. That. Is that, also. I've not tried that yes. one. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. So, um, if somebody was going to come to Luca for a day, hmm. what would you recommend they do in the day? Oh. So hard, isn't it? Yeah. I would say, if you're just coming for a day, you have to start with a bike ride with my favorite tour guide, Vonda. I absolutely adore her. She's so passionate about Luca, and she is really the one that got me excited about mm-hmm. Luca. So, um, so she knows the city like no other, and uh, since all the Lucchese ride their bicycles, what what, why not experience Luca the way yeah. the, the Italians experience Luca? And so that would include, you know, like bike ride around the wall, but also experiencing navigating the streets um, on bike as well. So mm-hmm. I'd probably, I'd recommend that. Probably start with that in the morning and then uh, have a nice uh, lunch someplace um, in town and then maybe do the do a pasta jot, you know, do a little shopping when the stores open up again. Do enjoy the pasta which is certainly a tradition here down via Fialungo. Grab an ice cream and eventually make it to your favorite piazza. I don't know. <laughs> I love Piazza San Frediano. Yes. Um, uh, for aperitivo, but mm. there's lots of beautiful places to enjoy aperitivo mm. here, and that's a must because yes. that's also the culture. It is, and then finding a phenomenal dinner. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, and that would be my day in Luca. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things to do, but if I if I had one day and I was in Luca, that's how I would plan my day. Yeah, not a bad way. Yeah, yeah, recommend a, a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if somebody was here for longer than the day, so say sort of a week. Yes. What sort of recommendations? Oh, I think there's so much to see and do. And so mm. if they enjoy wines, I would definitely recommend uh, doing some wine tasting, whether you did it here locally and combined it with like a tour of the amazing villas that are up in my neck of the woods. Like that's where all the big, amazing villas like Villa mm. Royale and Monsi and all those. You could do a tour of the villas. Um, if you enjoy hiking, it would be great to... Head, head over to like Kandala Waterfalls and do a, a beautiful hike there. And while you're doing that, you can 
uh, also see um, Pietra Santa, uh, which is a beautiful um, artist colony uh, there, very close to Kandala. While you're at Kandala, you could either have lunch or do dinner at um, this restaurant, which is escaping me, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> we'll get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you could, of course, go do any of the you know beautiful Tuscan countryside. It's probably an hour and 45 minutes to Siena. You could do a tour of Siena. Um, you could enjoy a day at the beach. If you want to be fancy in Forte de Marmi, mm-hmm. definitely if you're here on a Wednesday or a Sunday, you <laughs> must do the Forte de Marmi market, which I absolutely love. Incredible finds, beautiful stuff, and it is definitely a thing to be done while mm-hmm. you're here. Um Oh, what else would I do? Oh, I mentioned like Siena. You mm. could also combine that with Pienza. Mm. It's a little bit further away. So, you know, maybe two, two and a half hours, maybe two hours to mm. get to Pienza. But I love Pienza. I love um, Montalcino, San Gimignano. All mm. of that is down there. So I would plan a trip down there and maybe hit one or two of the um, villages, enjoy mm. uh, maybe a I loved, I did an amazing tour of Siena and just really learned about the history, which I loved about the Palio, which I really wasn't as familiar with Mm. until I did that and how every single neighborhood um, is very, very tight. And they, uh, I mean, it's really an incredible experience. It's something that I highly recommend. Well, my youngest son got married in 2016 down on the Amalfi Coast. Oh, I know, beautiful. So, I mean, all the family yes. came over, of course. But yes. but um, the, him and his wife did, I think it was about three weeks, yeah. sightseeing around Italy. Yeah. They did a little bit, but not much. Yeah. But they ended up in Siena when the Palio was on. And they, oh. hadn't, they hadn't booked it. Oh. <laughs> but, the, but they... So they were, were they able to... They were able to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And they said the experience was... Yeah. You know, when you see it in photographs, you see, I mean, yeah. you're aware of it when you're in yeah. Siena, aren't you? You know, you see it on the yeah. television, yeah. but... To actually be there, you know, him and his wife said, you know, it was absolutely, you know, it was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And I've like booked, um, you know, a lot of the owners of the properties will rent out uh, their balcony or their home during the Palio. So I've also arranged for a more sort of luxury experience where you're watching the Palio Mm. from up above and you're Mm. enjoying, you know, food and and um, beverages with the owners of the property there, which is which is also another experience. Mm. Mm. Totally. But, yeah. And then I didn't mention Florence, but Florence is only yes. an hour or so <laughs> from here. Definitely Florence. And there's plenty to see and do, of course, in Florence. That so, warrants an yeah. interview all by itself, yeah. Florence. Yeah. Oh, my God. The art, the Duomo, the food. It's really an incredible. It is. It yeah. is. It's, it's absolutely been wonderful. I've been fascinated. I mean, yeah. I was fascinated when I met you anyway, and yeah. you know, but uh, before the interview, but you, you, your knowledge and your experiences oh. are absolutely amazing. So um, I'm going to really enjoy putting this, you know, episode together oh, and re-listening you. and, you know, it's sort of, you've got a lot to share with people that are yeah. interested in Luca and yeah. the surrounding area. So, uh, Saraya, yeah. thank you so very much. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm really excited for you. And I think that this, what you're doing is amazing. I would have loved to have known about it when I started doing my research. So thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, thank you, Saraya. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care. So, some fantastic recommendations. 
and I'm delighted that some of them are new to me. I'm definitely adding the Candela waterfalls to my to-do list. Soraya is amongst a growing number of people who, having made the province of Luca their home, embody how the remote working arrangements afford a more relaxed way of life, and that's despite learning to drive in a new country. You can find Soraya's recommendations and contact details in the episode notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would be ever so grateful if you could visit the Kofi supporter webpage. ko-fi forward slash life in Luca and donate the equivalent of a gelato or two, as this helps me to produce further episodes. You could also hit the subscribe or follow button now on your usual podcast app so that each new episode will appear, as if by magic, in your podcast library. And if you've a little time to spare, please do leave a review. During the months of time in Luca, I post photographs of my adventures and the people I meet. If that is of interest to you, you can follow me on Instagram at Andreas underscore life underscore in underscore Luca. Thanks so much for listening and your continued support. If you have any questions or if you are in Luca, do email me at lifeinluca at hotmail.com and we can perhaps meet up for a coffee chat or a walk on the walls. A presto.